Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Steal the Hook podcast, episode 8, the show which talks about everything Sheffield Steelers related. Today I'm on my own. I'm not joined by my um, co-host Scott Ancliffe, as he's still on his jollies, and it's just me, George Barber. It's going to be taking you through everything that's happened with the Steelers over the weekend, looking forward to the weekend ahead, and a bit of coverage on the Via Play Challenge Cup final, which happened last night. So Scott's having a nice holiday at the minute. He's still uh, still away from home, which is probably quite uh, quite good considering that how badly the Steelers are doing. Um, now this first section of the podcast is usually called "Did We Win?" Now I'm going to change this podcast, uh, not the podcast, sorry, the section of the podcast to "Did We Lose?" Because did the Steelers lose? Is a bear Catholic? Does the Pope wear a funny looking hat? Yes, the Steelers lost. So, commentary at home it was on the Saturday. 5-3 defeat against the Blaze. Now, Thomas Pichelet did open the scoring for the Steelers in the first period, but Quince equalised for the Coventry Blaze. Cali Akrid got a goal for the Steelers on the power play in the third period to make it 2-1. However, the Blaze then scored two unanswered goals, one through Tolberg and one through Johnny Curran. Steelers did equalise eventually through Matt Petgrave, but unfortunately, this Co- Coventry Blaze won the game through Peyton Frante with just 38 seconds left on the clock. And then Tolberg got his second of the game via an empty net, so I think that more or less sums it up for the Steelers on the Saturday. It weren't a very good performance, you know, it's one of them performances that it's going to kill your season, and unfortunately, I think at this point, with certainly not that many games left, just under 10 games left, it's not looking great for the Steelers going forward in terms of their challenge for the title. Moving on to the Sunday, the Steelers could have bounced back, however, chose not to. So, Cook opened the scoring for the Coventry Blaze, Brendan Connolly equalised for the Steelers, but Halbert got his... Second, sorry, his first of the day on the Sunday as the Blaze went 2-1 up in the first period. Tolberg got his third of the weekend just after in the second period, but Martin Latal got the Steelers some hope to make it 3-2. Scotland equalised with eight minutes left on the clock, but Ross Venus decided to win it in overtime for the Blaze. As he has done for many years, he's, you know, he's always been a decent player, Ross Venus. So... On the whole, you've got to look at that weekend and think, what if? Because had the Steelers have got some points from that weekend, they'd have been sat on 66 points in second place, only three points behind the Giants with a game in hand. But because we didn't, you know, we're sat on 62 points in fourth place, the nearest team to us are the Cardiff Devils. We have got a game in hand on the Devils, but still sit two points behind them. We sit... Three points behind Guildford, and they have a game in hand on us. Guildford sits four points off Belfast at the top of the table with two games in hand. So, should they win two games and Bel, yeah, sorry, win their two games in hand, they'll be tied on points with the Belfast Giants. So, as far as we're concerned, we're more or less now looking for stability. You know, we're looking, looking to end the season on a high because I don't, I, if I'm being very, very honest. Um, at this point, Steelers fans, I know you won't want to hear it. You know, 
I don't think we're looking at a title hopes anymore. I think we're probably looking at more or less a strong finish to the season, trying to allow us to get the best possible playoff um, fixture. Now, last season, obviously, we got the Dundee Stars, one you'd have expected us to win. And quite frankly, we didn't. I think um, I think we want to avoid five at all costs. I think they'll probably finish eighth anyway. Um, Nottingham are probably looking the more likely side. Should we finish second? Again, it's going to be one of Manchester or Nottingham, I believe, that will play in the playoffs. I don't think we'll finish fourth. But, you know, even if we did, we'd be up against Coventry Blaze. And then again, you know, if you came up against the Coventry Blaze in a playoff game, you wouldn't really fancy your chances at this point, especially with the performances that the Steelers have been putting in in the past few games. Looking at the form table then, so in the past five games, the Steelers sit in seventh place, picking up just five points. The nearest team to them are Dundee below, who have picked up two, and Nottingham are above us in the form table in the last five games, picking up six points. Interestingly, however, the Guildford Flames, who are sitting second place at the minute, are also on six points in the form table and off fifth, with just a goal separating them and the Nottingham Panthers. In the last ten, last ten games, the Steelers sit sixth on twelve points in ten games, so which isn't a, such a bad return. However, if you look at Belfast, who sit on twenty points in the last ten matches played, it's just looking very much like they're going to run away with the title at this point. So in terms of the weekend itself, what we just had, I think many Steelers fans expected to go into the weekend and get get results that we needed. So we wanted to challenge the Blaze as much as possible. Now, coming away from the weekend with just the one point in out of a four possible, in the position that we're in the league, isn't acceptable in terms of where we should be at as a hockey team. Now, we're not entitled to win any games. You know, every game is a different one. Everyone wants to win that's on that ice. But you should, you would expect the Steelers to at least come away with two points from the weekend, let alone one. But obviously... That's something that the Steelers fancied doing this weekend, and it's not something that we should boast about. Um, we've not been good in the past few weeks, probably the last month, really. February as a month as a whole has just been an absolute, you know, shambles, really. Um, I was going to say something else there would probably be more apt, but I don't think we need to, especially not on a family-friendly podcast like this. So, looking forward, then, to the weekend, obviously... The um the section used to be called Is It Looking Good? Well it's now called Do We Want to Go? So two games for the Steelers this weekend. The first on Saturday against the Nottingham Panthers and the second at home against the Manchester Storm on the Sunday. Now Nottingham is always going to be a tough game for the Steelers, especially away from home. Not so mushy in recent times. But we'll have a look at the head-to-head between the two sides. The um, the Steelers have basically been the majority team this season, you know, constantly um, winning against the Panthers. The Panthers' only victory coming 
back in March, according to flash scores here. However, I believe they did pick up something in pre-season or even in the cup. I can't quite work it out as my flash scores isn't working properly. And you know, I've been at um, I've been at university all day, so I haven't had chance to write any notes. Um, yeah. So three two in the Challenge Cup after overtime was the only Panthers victory over the Steelers this season. So going in on the form, you're thinking Steelers are, you know, there thereabouts should be getting the points away from home on the Saturday. But you know, we really can't lie, Steelers fans. It's just not looking like we want to get them. <laughs> like at the minute, we look like we're going through the motions as a club. We look like we're just very, very lackluster, lazy. Just, I don't know, we look second to every hook, we look second to every physical battle, we we just seem to be dropping off and dropping off. And look, for other teams in the league, it's absolutely fantastic to see that the Steelers aren't doing particularly well, especially, you know, given that how much respect we have off other teams in the league. It's It's a difficult thing when everyone else is on your back and, you know, the social media is absolutely buzzing with other fans at our demise. But well, I think going into the game on Saturday, you'd sort of expect a tough game that can go one of two ways. And at the minute, I think a lot of Steelers fans will agree with me that there isn't that much confidence that we can go there and get a result, especially not in the last five games. After the last five games, you know, we've had tougher games against tougher opposition. And we crashed out against Fife in the Cup. And I think that is something that has killed the confidence of a lot of fans this season. Moving on to the Sunday then. Obviously, the last time we played the Manchester Storm, um, we got beat. We got beat away from home. Um, the Storm are looking pretty good in the last five games. They've won all five, not in overtime, in regulation time. The games that they have won, however, have come against Dundee, Glasgow, Us. Dundee, Glasgow. Dundee and Glasgow are 10th and 9th in the league. We're on a slump. So you've got to look at it that way as well, that maybe we're not at the peak of our performance at the moment in time. Therefore, I think the Storm will probably see us there for the taking on Sunday, depending on the result on Saturday especially. Because if we do pick up a result on the Saturday, you'd hope that the momentum will drive the Steelers forward. But with how we've been looking so far this season, and the fact that Manchester Storm have got Anthony DeLuca, who's managed to put up quite a few points already. Now, I think I read something earlier that he put up about 28 goals in the 30-something matches he'd played, which is an excellent return, especially for DeLuca. But that's what we had from DeLuca in the back end of the Tom Barrasso era, where he really came out of his shell, started banging in goals in a very bang-average team. So he's not really one to look out for, especially if the Deacon closing down, but... With our, how our defence is doing this season, um, there's probably not much chance of that happening. Um, sorry for being quite negative today, but I don't think there's really any other way I can approach it. I think we've been extremely poor the past few weeks, and it's very hard to um, very hard to get your head around, really, especially as a fan. So just going through the um, last five games with the Storm, then the Storm beat us six four early in the season. Steelers 7-1, Steelers 5-4, Steelers 6-3, Steelers 4-2. And the most recent result is Manchester 3-1. Now, Manchester will probably be seeing that as their cup final for this season. So hopefully 
when they come to the arena on Sunday, they won't be as up for it. And obviously, they've got to contend with the big ice that the Steelers do boast. Now, but at the minute, as I've said again, there isn't really many factors that point into the direction of the Steelers winning, and we'll come on to that in the predictions. But, you know, it's just a very, it's very negative at the minute, and I, don't, I think everyone would agree with me in saying that sort of going to the, obviously going to the arena is starting to become a bit of a chore towards the back end of the season, and um, maybe even going to watch my way. Um, I do apologise for um, how, as I say, how, how negative I can be. But it's just, I'm sorry, it's just not looking good at the minute. So anyway, I'm going to move on to listener questions. Now, I've had quite the bumper amount this week. I um, extended the outreach to Facebook. So we've got a few more from Facebook coming in. And obviously, I'll just have a raffle through these, see how far we get. And, you know, there's about maybe about 10 or 11 questions that people have sent in. So I'm more than happy to answer all of them, effectively. So Grant Evans asks, who should carry the can for the post-Christmas slump, Fox or the players? And how much influence can a coach actually have once the players are on the ice? Brilliant question, uh, Grant. So for me, I'll answer the first question first. So how much of an influence can a coach actually have once the players are on the ice? You know what? I appreciate that hockey players change on the fly. It's not like football where you can have like your independent substitutions, obviously they change on the fly. But when you're on the bench, and I'm speaking from a player's perspective here, so when I play, obviously I play at quite a low level, I play in the BUIHA, um, the top tier of non-checking. And obviously the tier above that is when you start being checked and stuff like that. There's three tiers of non-checking, so I play in the first, and then it jumps to non-checking, where your players from like the NIHL start to come into play. So, as a coach, yes, I think you can have an influence on your players when they're on the ice. Now, you might think that that's sort of impossible, you know, with the ice being as big as it is, the crowd being behind you. But as I, when I've played, and I've played in all positions on the ice except goalie, I've always got a coach in my ear telling me to do this, do that. You could change this, you could change that. Can you up your game? Can you, you know, calm down? I'm not like quite an aggressive person, but like, can you calm down? Don't be doing this. So I do think they do have an influence. How much is a different question. So how much influence can Fox have, say, on Matt Petgrave? Now, I'm going to single out Matt Petgrave. I don't know him as a person. But when he's on the ice, he looks more like sort of, a big sort of I am, you know, like he struts arrogance, if you know what I mean. And that's a good thing as well as a bad thing. But I can't see Fox getting through to a player like that as much as I could see Fox getting to, through to a player such as Brandon Whistle or even a Jonathan Phillips, someone who's willing to listen, you know, willing to make the play for the team. I don't know. I think maybe there's a, a few players in the dressing room that won't be influenced that much by a coach's decision or remark on the bench as much as another one would. Now, it, it, it stumped me this question, to be honest. Um, 
but I think I don't think Fox can influence them that much when they're on the ice. I think it's more to do with the in, intermission breaks. Obviously, they get a timeout for thirty seconds, but that's not really enough to relay enough information across their team. And who should carry the can for them post Christmas slump? It I, it's got to be the players for me. I think looking at recent performances, and I'm sure a lot of people will agree with me on this. I think the players have looked half-arsed, like they're going through the motions in the past few few months, potentially. Not necessarily weeks, but it's been going on for months, and you can see the body language of the players has changed. You know, at the start of the season, we were at the top of the league, there, thereabouts, full of confidence. We just look shot for confidence now, and I think that's something that is going to carry through to us, through with us, until the end of the season. And it's unfortunate because obviously we have a good side on paper, but they're not putting the performances in. Now, Fox signed the players, but I don't think Aaron Fox will have foreseen what has been coming in the few weeks that we've had. Obviously, in his post-match interviews, he says he's pleased with the performance, but I don't know how anyone can be pleased with any sort of performance that isn't a win, you know. Unless you've tried your tried your knackers off, you know, it's... um. You can't necessarily be pleased, and there's a lot of players that could look at themselves in the mirror and think, "Did I really?" and be genuine with themselves. Did I really work as hard as I possibly could today? And I don't think most of them could say yes to that question. Isaac Mallinson has asked, "Is it now time to give Levine a shot between the pipes? Give Greener a rest up to the playoffs? Levine will want to prove himself if he gets the shot. I believe now is the time." You know what, Isaac, that's um, it's a, it's a cracking question because Levine will want some game time. I mean, he's been signed for a reason, you know. You can't really say that Levine shouldn't get some game time because he should. I think he's been signed for a reason. Yes, Greenfield wants to play, but doesn't every keeper want to play? And obviously, Greenfield's been now on the back end of a few losses. It's not necessarily, The goals haven't been his fault as such. But Levine will want a chance to show what he's worth. And I think now, with the last last eight or so games, ten games, now could be a real opportunity to have say to Aidan Levine and go, look, have a go. Show us what you're made of. Let's give Greenfield a bit of a competition. I think it would be a bit unfair on Matt Greenfield to not play the playoffs, especially with how consistent he's been throughout the season. But I do think it is time for Aidan Levine to at least have a go. Um, even if, you know, I, I saw that Storm fans were calling him crap before when he left. Um, I don't know if that was to do with the fact he was coming to the Steelers or the fact he, you know, his performances were below uh, below par. But I think giving him a chance will hopefully, would it would freshen it up. So I do think we should, um, I do think we should do that. Josh Talbot, do you think if we can't math flat Mathematically, win the league, we should mix up the lines in deep areas to change things up. And he's also said, let Levine have some game time. I think if Aaron Fox has got a winning formula, which at the minute I don't think he has, um, I don't think he'd particularly want to change that. But given the fact we have been so, you know, poor in the past few weeks, I think it probably is time to have a go at maybe changing it up, maybe having a look at, you know, what we can do next, what we can add to, and just what we can... Don't you... 
it's very it's a very frustrating time as a Steelers fan at the minute, and um, I think if we were to mix the lines up, we'd have to make sure they work rather than you know just going oh you can play forward, you can play defense, give Matt Greenfield a go at winger. You know what I mean? It's one of them things. I think we could do anything at this point as Steelers and still probably not win that many games towards the end of the season. I think we've um, I think we've run a course, but I just really, really hope that we, we can come good towards the end of the season. I really do. It, it's one of them. So Andy has asked, oh, so he's put, as you know, I'm new to the sport and to the Steelers. What advice, as someone who was new themselves six, seven years ago, would you give to me and other folks starting out? Anything to do with steals or hockey in general? What three things you'd recommend? What three things you'd avoid? So, I'm just trying to make sense of this question, Andy. What advice as someone who was new themselves? Okay, so, right, yeah, so... If I was going to give advice to someone who was watching the Steelers, uh, three things that I'd, I'd recommend. Oh, I could, I could make this quite funny. Um, but no, I'll try and be as serious as possible. Uh, three things I'd recommend. Number one, don't buy a Star of Primer from the arena. It's £6.50. Number two, do not get out, out of your seat during when the game is in play because it really infuriates me. Uh, the third one is... Ooh. Buy, buy a 50-50, you know, there's always a chance to win a couple of grand. Uh, things I'd avoid, um, ooh, probably visiting Nottingham is number one. Anything to avoid? Anything to avoid? You know, if, if Scott was here with me now, we'd be able to come up with some absolutely cracking answers. But as someone who's recording it on his computer, you know, um, in the afternoon, quite hard to think of on top of my head. Things to avoid at the um, at the Steelers. Ooh, it's a good question, and you could make it funny as well. Um, ooh, you could avoid um. Oh, I'm trying to think now. You could avoid sitting next to the drums because they hurt your ears. And oh, avoid bringing your baby to the game so the Lion King doesn't come over the intercom, something like that, when they do the Arsavenia thing. That's it. It is very funny, though, that, um, I must admit. Um, I'm trying to think of some more, like, some more serious things to recommend to you as a new fan. I'm sure there's a lot of people that could help you. There's a lot of friendly people in ice hockey. Um, when I first started coming six or seven years ago to games, it was very much a case of I'm very new to this. And I've told this story once on the podcast before, but the whole reason that I started Steal the Puck was because I um, called out Tom Darnell on his Twitter DMs after a decision after a game. And the reason I did that was because he disallowed a goal against the Cardiff Devils that were quite big in terms of the league title at the time. Now, I absolutely regret it, and I've spoke to Tom since. You know, completely apologised, and obviously it blew up at the time, and it was, well, it was a big pile on. I think I was 15 years old at the time, and obviously now I'm 22, and the whole reason I started to steal the foot was because I wanted to think, how could I make hockey for myself now a positive thing? 
like going forward. I wanted to see like what I could do to make myself more interested. So I went under the alias of um, Steeler Analyze. And the reason I did that was because I wanted to become anonymous, start writing about hockey. And I just turned it, um, and I went from there ever since. And I went down the more journalistic route uh, towards ice hockey. And the reason for that was to give myself an interest. I've always been interested in creative writing. I've always been interested in radio and podcasts. And I was always asking people, you know, what, what what do you recommend? They recommended going to see as many games as you possibly can. Um, you know, getting the feel for ice hockey, getting the feel for what it's like as a sport, meeting new people. There's countless people I've spoken to at the Steelers. I don't introduce myself as Steel the Puck. I'm not that much of a um, solipsistic arsehole as it was. But I've always sort of spoke to people that I'm sat next to, say if they're on their own or I'm... Um, I don't, I don't know, I'm on my own, you know, I, I look for people to speak to, I know a lot of people around the rink, and that's through meeting people, and that's one of the main things I recommend doing to a hockey fan, is going out there, meeting people, watching games, you know, getting a real feel for it. I think the thing to avoid doing is making yourself enemies. Now, obviously, if you haven't been around Steal the Puck for that long, but I am... Um, had a little back and forth with a guy called Kyle House, who used to, Kyle House, who used to play for the Dundee Stars last season. Um, I've had a few back and forths. I don't like doing it, but sometimes it's you know it's what happens, it, especially on social media. The social media aspect of hockey can be quite toxic at times, and I, I think a lot of people will agree with me on that as well. Try and avoid Twitter arguments is certainly one thing. Um, I would say. Definitely avoid watching any rec teams. Well, I'm joking on that as well. Go and watch as much hockey as you can because you'll love the sport. I fell in love with the sport watching as much as I could. You know, I got a bit of pocket money when I was about 16. Went to watch the Steel Dogs, Simiters. You know, it was all... I, I couldn't get enough hockey. And at the minute, I must admit, I'm trying to get as least possible. But that's because things change. Things in your life can change. But I still love the sport. And I want the Steelers to do well. Anyway, I've gone on for a bit for that question. Um, Mark Pashley has asked, should Aaron Fox be given the new GM role in the event of a new coach coming in? It seemed to work in Cardiff and Belfast. may work in Knox and Patcher going forward. And interestingly, I'm going to say, um, it's working for Manchester as well, having um, Ryan Finnerty as their GM. Um, I think it would be a good, good um, idea because Fox is an absolutely top quality recruiter of um, players and for the sport. Whether or not he's such a good manager, you know, he's starting to. It, sorry, whether or not he's a good coach is certainly. Um, well, it's a it's a difficult one for me. I I like Carter Best and Will as well. I think he's good. Um, and I don't want to see the back of Foxy, but I do think the time will come where if the Steelers are still unsuccessful. Then it's time to um, time to go your separate ways. And whether or not Aaron Fox would want to go into the GM role at such, like he's not such an old coach, you know, he's still in a decent position to carry on with his career in coaching. But if he thinks it's time to go into a GM role, then fair play to him. But I think the Steelers will probably keep with Aaron Fox for a while longer yet. So let's switch over to Facebook. Anyway, we've run out of um, run out of questions on Twitter. 
but we've got quite a few to get through on the old Book of Faith. So Chris Hargrave has asked, moving forward next season, does Fox plan on keeping some of the imports? If so, who? Now, Chris, I wish I could answer that question um, with a fantastic degree of intel. However, I don't think I can. Oh, yeah, I think the um, the Steelers logo, maybe, and the Steelers put uh, <laughs> thing has um, maybe confused someone there. I am planning on changing that, by the way. So hopefully the Steelers put logo soon will look a bit more flashy, a bit more, um, bit more modern day, as opposed to just the Steelers badge. Um, and I don't want to be ripping them off either. But go on then, Chris. I'm going to answer your question in, to a certain degree. Um, moving forward next season, just Fox plan keeping some of the imports. Um, I would hope so. Um, I think I think Champini would be a decent one to bring back. Um, I think Valoran will probably stay, depending on his offers elsewhere. I don't can't see Matt Petgrave returning. Um, I think Kevin Mosey classes as an import. I, I don't know why, but I can see Mosey staying. Um, I can see Latal retiring. And so forth. Look, we could be here forever of me, you know, rambling on about players who might stay, who might go. But I think it's up to Fox at the end of the day. And I think we'll um I think we'll see something in the future, definitely I think we'll see something in the future of Fox coming out and saying who he's keeping. And that'll probably be after the season has uh, finished. Tom Bancroft didn't ask a question, however, merely stated start winning games. Well, Tom, you know me, me and you both want the Steelers to start winning games. However, I also I also want um a million quid. Um two things very unlikely to happen. Uh Gareth Owen, what's been going wrong in the last few games and what's been done to stop the bad form we're in? What's going to be done? So obviously I think in the last few games we've just been very lacklustre. Um, I've said it quite a few times already on the podcast. We look tired. We look uninterested. We look like we're just going through motions, ready to get this season finished. Now, it's a long hour season, but it's one that you've just got to play as a professional hockey player. Now, seeing the performances recently has started to make me very upset, if I'm being honest. I, I just think if players are going through the motions, then what are you going to get out of a hockey game? Um, I think what would stop the form is starting to win games. You know, it's very simple. It's just got to get a performance that grinds out a gritty one-goal win and, you know, we're right back on form. Or two games in a row where you get... A, well, I think a good run of form consists of probably five get five games, ten games, but... Well, an excellent run of form is ten games, but a good run of form is five games. You've got to get that consistency. You can't be inconsistent because that's what makes a good hockey team is consistency. Like the Belfast Giants, as I mentioned earlier, who are on a 10-game unbeaten run, you know, winning all 10 of the last 10. Um, so, yeah, I think it's... Um, I think the way to stop, stop the form running at the minute is by just grinding out results and getting five games on the spin. Bang, 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 bang. You know what I mean? Bang. One of them. Sean Harrison. Are we out of win 
are we out of the running for winning the league? Our player attitude is going to change knowing they will not be in the runnings for the League Cup and Challenge Cup. The gritty first period on Saturday versus Coventry. Will we see that hockey again in the rest of the season? Now, I wasn't at the game on Saturday, Sean, um, but I did watch the recap of the game. Um, I have seen... I, I have sadly seen the full game, and I know what you mean exactly about the um, first period. Um yeah, it was a gritty performance. It was good. And um, I think if we're going to lose that grit, we're not going to win games. And I think answering your first bit of the question, I think we are out of the running for the league. I, I really do. It does absolutely pain me to say it because every Steelers fan in the Orange Army on Twitter will want to win the league. You just can't do it. You know, you can't put these kind of performances in and expect to come out with results. So. You've got to look at it like that. At the end of the day, it's probably not going to happen this season. We've just got to look towards next season. Obviously, the playoffs are at the end. But if we draw Coventry in the playoffs, I hate to say it, but I don't think we'll be getting through the playoffs either. So I think that's as far as I can get with that question. Um, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll leave that there. I think... The player attitudes thing is down to the players themselves, and it's obviously down to Fox as a man manager, but there's only so much Fox can do to motivate his players. And if that's not working, then unfortunately we're not going to see much more from the players. Ash Prentice has asked any possibility of Greenfield staying. What the hell's going off behind the scenes? Is it all the effort out the window now? Three cracking questions. I wish I could answer the first one. I think we all hope the answer is yes. Um... What the hell's going off behind the scenes? I think we'll probably end up doing something on that at some point in the future. Seeing, maybe doing like an almost investigation podcast into what could be going off behind the scenes to cause the results or whether it's literally just the players on the ice that are causing them. There's clearly something that's gone off because I don't think we'd go from the form that we were in at the start of the season to the form we're in now without something severely going off. Um... I think the effort is just not there. Obviously, it was there for the first period against Coventry. But other than that, I don't think the effort's there anymore. And, um, and it's really frustrating, especially as a fan who's watched us for eight years now. It's um, it's a team that doesn't put as much effort in as you'd like to see as a paying fan. You know, you pay your fifth. Well, I pay £25 usually for me and my girlfriend to come and watch the Steelers. Um, we pay that. And, you know, we get in, we sit down, we probably have a drink. You know, that's your best part of probably 35 quid gone there, maybe, tenger for a, some drinks and some snacks. And you, the product on the ice is not reflective of what you pay to be a uh, to be a fan. Obviously, that doesn't even take account into fuel money and things like that. So we put in the effort as fans, and it's just a shame at the minute that the players aren't putting the effort in to replicate the support that they're getting. Polly Wells. To go from a team that completely, sorry, to go from a team that very complete, oh God, um, sorry about this. To go from a team that very completely competitive to a team that can't even string a pass together, what has happened behind the scenes to cause this? Again, on the theme of sort of behind the scenes, it's um, it's not my play to say anything because at the end of the day, I don't, I'm none the wiser to what you are, Polly, and um. I think 
I think something will come out at some stage if there has been something that's gone on behind the scenes, unless it really is a curtain over what's been happening, if you know what I mean. And I know what you're trying to trying to say. I just think it's probably auto-corrected for you. A, a team that are completely competitive. Um, yeah, I think something's gone off. It's just not looking as ideal as we probably expected it to be at this point in the season. And look, we're probably going to end up coming out of the season with nothing, no silverware, as it stands. Um, Paul Ashmore has asked, why is the D made up nearly all offensive-minded players? Why have we signed Levine? Don't have anything against Levine. Just wondering what his plans are for Levine. Now, Paul, I think, why is the D made up of nearly all offensive-minded players? I think that's probably the style of hockey that Aaron Fox wants to bring into the Steelers. You know, we haven't really seen a defensive defenceman at the Steelers for a while. I think it's sort of a dying art in the game, um, in a way. I've seen quite a few tweets about this recently as well. And it was one of the first times that I thought, you know what, I might actually have some hockey knowledge. Um, where I've seen a lot of people saying about defensive-minded players, there isn't really that many anymore in the sport. A lot of defence is offence. And I think a stay-at-home D-man is certainly hard to find nowadays. I think one of the only ones that I've seen do it successfully for the Seals was Joseph Rabel a couple of years ago. He played during the Challenge Cup win campaign and the elite series that happened during COVID. But Rauber was a good defensive-minded player. He was very physical and would win battles. And I think he was a good a good example of a stay-at-home defenseman. Dean Wilson, this was a popular um, question. Where has Steelers hockey gone? No more in-your-face players. No more chucking our weight around, win or lose. And another thing that makes my, it makes my piss fizz Banners on concourse rather than being displayed for all, including the opposition. When number 20 goes up, it'll end up above a hot dog stand or the toilets, not the fitting end this captain deserves. Very passionate question, Dean. Um, you know, it's a, uh, it, it's a good one, that. Um, I think the, um, the fizz bit made me laugh, made me chuckle. Um, I didn't expect that. Um, you know... It's a it's a passionate question, and I think it's one that needs probably answering by the club themselves. But whether or not we get that, whether there's more of a curtain on it, it, it might be a bit of a bit of a black screen regarding that. I think we can't always expect to win games. Um, I do agree with you with the no more in your face players, no more chucking your weight around. But at the minute, it looks like the team are going through more or less the motions in terms of. You know who who we are. You know we. I've always said this about the Steelers. I think we sort of lost our identity a little bit more, maybe as Oren Fox came in. You know we had less grit about us, but then at the same time we had more quality on the ice. So we lost the players that Paul Thompson liked, the likes of um, Levi Nelson, Colton Fretter, players that would be in your face. You know what I mean? Like up it. it and this is me speaking from a modern era as well. Obviously, these Steelers fans in the past will have seen players like Ryan Finity play. And players like that were really in your face, like, you know, always wanting to start fights, etc. Obviously, I don't think we've barely seen a fight this year at the Steelers, but it's one of them things. And I think we've more or less moved on in terms of an identity of being a physical team that are in your face. 
and have more gone for nicey nicey hockey and it's not working for us so you know maybe we should give Paul Thompson a call and just like you know bring him back get some players back in that can um, get in other people's faces and um, I do agree about the um, concourse banners you know it's um, it was much better when they were in the arena and we could look up almost sometimes and think God, he were a bloody brilliant player. That's what I used to think when I saw a um, um, saw some of the banners. Um, I lost my tr- thought then again. I'm very tired, ladies and gentlemen. I really do apologise. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll move on. And this is the last question that was in here, and it's a bit about the uh, Challenge Cup final that happened yesterday. Now, the Belfast Giants. For those that, if you didn't know, um, if you've been living under a rock. Um, the score ended 9-3 to the Belfast Giants. Now, they played against the five players who the Steelers got knocked out by in the semi-finals. But Matthew Keaton, who's a Cardiff Devils fan, has asked, what would your ideal cup format be if you were to change it or would you rather get rid of it altogether? Now, I'm a fan of the Challenge Cup, but something I'm not a fan of, and, you know, I, it's one of them. I think on Twitter I might get, crucified for this, I might not, but I think if you're looking at it as a big picture, I think a big game like the Challenge Cup final, which it is, the Challenge Cup final is a big game, it's not a Mickey Mouse Cup, you know, it's not not what people say it is, especially when they don't win it, it's not a Mickey Mouse Cup, and if you win it, it feels great, you know, it's another domestic trophy that is up for grabs, it's always good to win a trophy no matter what it is. It could be Mickey Mouse Cup. You'd still enjoy winning it just because you get to lift the trophy. You get to see your captain lift it. And if you were to change the format of it, I wouldn't get rid of it altogether because I do like the Challenge Cup, as I've said. But here's what I think. So the Belfast Giants won 9-3 fair and square against the Five Flyers, um, or the Blind School, as I put it on Twitter um, last night as a bit of a joke. But obviously, the Giants were at home. Now... That's not something that's their fault. They weren't necessarily in control of that. But the Giants did have the home ice advantage, and that's not something I ever think should be applicable to a final. Now, I know what people are going to say, oh, but what about Cardiff? You know, they were on home ice when they were in the final. Yes, Cardiff were on home ice in the final, but Cardiff did not have a 90-10 split of support during the final, or 80-85 15, I don't know what it was in the end, but it was nowhere near as neutral as it should be, especially not for a final. Now, I think going forward, I think if a team gets to the final, I do think you've got to to split the arena into more of an allocation. So, say the Belfast Giants, they got access to tickets days, months, it wasn't a month, sorry, really weeks, weeks before the final happened. Now, what I think the league will be best off doing is not releasing any tickets till the final is announced, then setting a 50-50 allocation for both sets of supporters, wherever it is, say, right, there's your half, there's your half. Whatever the away side don't sell can go back to the home club. And the reason I think that is, is because, say, if the Steelers had got to the final, which, lo and behold, we completely ballsed up, um, I think we'd have sold a lot more than the away allocation that we would have been given. And I think a lot of fans were sort of making excuses because they didn't want to, 
you know, play the Belfast Giants in Belfast because they're a very good side. And I think it's an okay idea to have the final at a home team's ground. I do think that the capacity has got to be split into some form of allocation. But then again, I do also think that if any unsold tickets from the away team um, should go back to the home club. And that's what I think about that. Um, in terms of a format, I'd scrap the, uh, the mass amount of games you have to play to get to the quarters. Like the Steelers had to play eight games, I think it was, to get to the quarters. Two home, two away. And it was just an absolute nightmare. And, you know, it's not good for attendances. It's not good for having to book out the ice. And I think going forward, we should say, right, do one home, one away, four games in a group, quarterfinals, semifinals, final. I, I don't think we need all of this, you know, crap of two home, two away to decide who goes through. Yes, it's a bit worse if you have less games because, you know, what if one team wins one game, another team wins another, another team wins another, and you end up with like maybe a point in between everyone? It Well, oh, you know what I mean? It's it's one of them things. But I think as far as I'm concerned, there needs to be less games, maybe even one leg quarters, semis, final, and just play it like that. Play maybe seven games maximum. Six games to get to the final, one game final. You know what I mean? It's just make the challenge cup less give less pressure on the players and make it more of a spectacle. We don't want to be seeing teams having to travel miles, you know, on a midweek night and make the final on a Sunday night. You know, don't set aside a week. I know the elite league like to like to reply the, um, the quite witty comment that they did the other week, but they need to set aside a weekend, a Sunday where no teams play, Put it at a reasonable time in the afternoon where fans can go and watch it. You know, there's nothing worse than your team being in a final and you not being able to watch it in person. There really isn't. Anyone will give up the sacrifice for that. Now, if it's at a reasonable time on a Sunday or a Saturday, Saturday night maybe, 7 o'clock or Sunday at 3, make it accessible to people. Let them go and watch their team in a final. Yes, it might be at the one of the team in the finals place so say if the Belfast get to this final next year which they probably will and say let's say the Cardiff Devils for example get to the final as well Belfast Cardiff on a Sunday say right is 50% of the allocation to Cardiff 50% of the allocation to Belfast let both teams sell as many tickets as possible and then see if there's any left over if there's any left over send it to the Belfast Giants fans. Or vice versa, if Cardiff are top seed, send it back to the Cardiff Devils fans. We don't want to be seeing an allocation split of 90-10, 85-15 in a cup final. And we definitely don't want people missing out on tickets to see their team in the final. Anyway, that was a bit of a rant, but predictions for the weekend. I'm going with a 4-2 Steelers defeat on the Saturday but bouncing back on the Sunday with a 3-1 victory at home. Ladies and gentlemen, I do appreciate your time of me rambling on for 47 minutes on this Thursday evening. Um, I really hope you have enjoyed. I do apologise that I've been on my own. I do try my best. Um, 
And I, yeah, I hope to see you in the next one. Something I announced yesterday on the podcast, on the Twitter account at Still the Puck, is that Alex Briggs will be joining us for an episode in the coming weeks. He was the ex Steelers media man who um, I think he wasn't in his job during COVID. And yeah, we're just going to talk to him about how he found manning the Steelers' Twitter account, social medias, and hopefully it'll give you more of an insight into how the clubs ran. Anyway, as I said, thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.